It is a new year. Let's have a new Bible study. We'd like to present a Bible study called Faithful and to teach to you the book of Romans. Tonight will just be an intro. Welcome to the Reaching Forward podcast. Charles Stanley said that one of my more memorable seminary professors had a practical way of illustrating to his students the concept of grace. At the end of his evangelism course, he would distribute the exam and caution the class to read it all the way through before beginning to answer it. This caution was written on the exam as well. As we read the test, it became unquestionably clear to each of us that we had not studied nearly enough. The further we read, the worse it became. About halfway through, audible groans could be heard throughout the lecture hall. On the last page, however, was a note that read, you have a choice. You can either complete the exam as given or sign your name at the bottom, and in doing so, receive an A for this assignment. We sat there stunned, Stanley said. Was he serious? Just sign it and get an A? Slowly the point dawned on us, and one by one, we turned in our tests and silently filed out of the room. When I talked with the professor about it afterward, he shared some of the reactions he had received throughout the years. Some of the students began to take the exam without reading it all the way through, and they would sweat it out for the entire two hours of class before reaching the last page. Others read the first two pages, became angry, turned in the test blank, and stormed out of the room without signing it. They never realized what was available, and as a result, they lost out totally. One fellow, however, read the entire test, including the note at the end, but decided to take the exam anyway. He did not want any gifts. He wanted to earn his grade, and he did. He made a C+, but he could have easily have had an A. That's what Romans is about. It's about getting an A because truly there are some people, they do, they, they start reading the test and they read a couple pages, the test of life, get angry at God and storm out of the room. Don't get any credit. Others use their good works and morality and deeds and they, they sit through the entire test of life and they get a C plus. Only problem is God doesn't grade on a C plus thing. It's pass or fail. <laughs> And we need to get that A, right? We need to get that, that pass. And the Bible says that we are saved by grace through faith. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. God saves us by his grace with our faith. This book of Romans teaches us how to use that faith in God's grace and pass the test of life. So why read the book of Romans? Well, first, <laughs> the book is first rate. It's first in order in the list of epistles. You have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the four gospels, and then the fifth book in the New Testament is the book of Acts. That's the historical book of the church. Then the first epistle is Romans, first in order of the canon, you know, the list of books in the Bible. It's also first in importance. It contains the ABCs of Christian education. 
Until you learn the lessons in Romans, <laughs> you're going to be ignorant of the true Christian principles. And if you learn Romans wrong, you're going to be wrong in other parts of your life too. The great theme of this book is God's revelation, the revelation of God, his wrath against sin, not you, but sin, and righteousness through faith as your grounds of justification being made right with God. Romans basically makes the whole world wrong and then presents Jesus Christ as the way for the whole world to get right. In between the opening greeting and the farewell, we have basically three things. We have a doctrinal section, which means a teaching section. A dispensational section, which means how God deals with man uh, at different times. And then we have a practical section, which is learning to do uh, or live what you have learned. So doctrine is teaching. It's been, Romans has been called the Fort Knox of Bible teaching. So many people probably have heard of Fort Knox. It's an army installation in Kentucky, and it has armored cavalry, think tanks. In 1936, the Treasury, with land transferred from the military, built next to Fort Knox the United States Bullion Depository. This secure building had a purpose, to store U.S. gold reserves from New York and Philadelphia away from coastal cities to areas less vulnerable to foreign military attack. And as of July 31st, 2020, it stored 4,583 metric tons of gold. That's about $290.9 billion worth. It's a lot of money. Similarly, the book of Romans, just like Fort Knox has a bunch of gold, Romans has a treasure trove of detail about salvation from sin and is therefore one of the most treasured books to read. Most young Christians, what do they want to read? Revelation! Now that's a great book. And I love it. I recommend it. It tells you what's going to happen in the future. But let me also recommend to you Romans. Romans is going to tell... What will happen to you in the future based on what you do with Jesus Christ? So you have the doctrinal section. That's doctrinal. Then the dispensational. That's the way that a dispensation is, a, is the way God deals with man during a certain period of time. And there are different dispensations in the Bible. We're in the dispensation of grace now. The first dispensation uh, in the Garden of Eden was called the dispensation of innocence. Probably a short dispensation. They had one commandment, not even ten. They didn't have anything, baptism, they didn't have anything except one commandment. Don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. In the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. So that's what a dispensation is. So we're going to learn about that. And then we're also going to have a practical section in the book of Romans to teach us how to live what we have learned. I'm going to give you a quick outline of the book. We're going to have four parts here. The first part is Paul's introduction, and the fourth part is Paul's conclusion. So in the middle, that's the meat in the sandwich, right, with the bread on either side. So the first piece of bread, part A, is Paul's introduction. And it's basically in chapter 1, verses 1 to 17. The first thing 
is the apostolic greeting, verses 1 to 7. Verses 8 to 13 have Paul's interest in the church, and then Paul uh, gives the beginning of that epistle in verses 16 and 17. Now, the first piece of meat, part 2, is the gospel of God's righteousness. And that's going to take us from chapter 1, verse 18, to chapter 11, and verse 36. Three subparts in uh, part 2. You have God's righteousness needed. That's the first thing. Chapter 1, verse 18, to chapter 3, verse 20. And then God's righteousness provided. Chapter 3, verse 20, to chapter 8, verse 39. And then God's righteousness in history. Chapter 9, verse 1, to chapter 11, verse 36. Then the second piece of meat, or piece of cheese, the third part, is the fruits of God's righteousness. Chapter 12, verse 1, to chapter 15, verse 13. So we have the basis of Christian ethics. That's These are good verses. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Good verses. Check them out even tonight. Good verses. They'll change your life, literally. Then you have the second part of our third section, Christian living within the church. Chapter 12, verses 3 to 13. And then you have Christian love outside the church. Got to live right inside the church before you love outside the church. Verses, uh, chapter 12, verses 14. 14 to chapter 13 and verse 14. And then you have Christian tolerance and our responsibility. That's the fourth part of the third section. Chapter 14 and verse 1 to chapter 15 and verse 13. And then our last part, the last piece of bread on Romans is Paul's personal conclusion. Chapter 15, verse 14 to the end, chapter 16 and verse 27. So first you have Paul's apology for his admonition verses uh chapter 15 verses 14 to 21 paul's plans chapter 15 verse 22 to 33 he wanted to come to the church in rome he didn't found that church and then 13 uh, part three the introduction of phoebe greetings and warnings chapter 16 verse 1 to verse 24 and then the final doxology a doxology is an expression of praise liturgical liturgical whew, can say that liturgy, liturgical praise to God. It's just praising God. And the dexology is chapter 16 and verse 25, 26, and 27. So Romans was written by Paul the Apostle. He dictated it to a man whose name I will butcher. His name is Tertius or Tertius. Romans chapter 16 and verse 22. I, Tertius, who wrote this epistle, salute you in the Lord. What does Tertius mean? You have your primary your secondary and tertiary. Ever heard of that before? Tertius or tertius means third. Maybe he was the third son in his family. Who knows? So he dictated this letter to this man, and then he sent the letter by a deacon or deaconess named Phoebe. She was a church worker of the church in Chentria, which was a city on the seacoast near Corinth. And you can find her in Romans chapter 16 and verse 1. I commend unto you Phoebe, our sister, which is a servant or deacon or deaconess of the church, which is at Chentria. Before book publishers and Amazon, God could still publish and deliver his word. God does a good job. Also notice the teamwork here. Before we even get started, this was not the all-Paul team. Neither is it so in God's church. God's work is a team effort.
Written from Corinth in ancient Greece about 58 AD, and if Jesus was crucified around 33 AD, that means it had been about 25 years since his death, burial, and resurrection. 25 years is a long time. What were you doing? It's 2021, back in 1996. Maybe some of you weren't married. I wasn't. Maybe some of you weren't born yet. I was. But 25 years means that a whole new generation had grown up, And since a whole new generation had grown up, they needed correct teaching to guide their faith in Christ. So let's start with a joke. For the umpteenth time, Mrs. Youngston came to her pastor to tell him, I'm so scared. Joe said he's going to kill me if I continue to come to your church. Yes, yes, my child, child, replied the pastor, more than a little tired of hearing this over and over. I will continue to pray for you, Miss Youngston. Have faith. Keep coming to church. The Lord will watch over you. Oh, yes, Mrs. Youngston said. He has kept me safe thus far. Only only what, my child? Have faith. Well, she kind of said, trembling. Now he said, if I keep coming to your church, he's going to kill you. Well, now, said the pastor. Perhaps it's time to check out that little church on the other side of town. (laughs) Not really. But we need to be faithful. When God does something... He does things in a full measure, and I believe he desires that in your life. Jesus said when he did his first miracle in John chapter 2, verse 7, at a wedding, he told these servants to fill the water pots with water, and they filled them up to the brim. And then he turned all that water into wine. God fills things full. Ought not our faith to be full? In John chapter 16 and verse 24, Jesus said, Up till now, hitherto, have ye asked nothing in my name. Ask, and ye shall receive, that your joy may be full. Full water pots, full joy. We need full faith, faithful. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 19, And to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. And lastly, but definitely not least, to have a faithful life. God does things in a full measure. Psalms chapter 23 and verse 5. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. And if we have a faithful life, really I think some's going to spill out. That's how you minister to others. That's how you can be a blessing to your family. That's how you can tell others of Jesus. That faith will come out and be evidence of your joy, your peace, your love that happened to you in Christ. And you'll find some people probably asking you some questions about where you go to church. God bless you is our prayer. My challenge to you. Read the book of Romans between now and next Tuesday. Romans took me about an hour. I read it this morning. Not for the first time. I read it again this morning. And you can do it at 16 chapters. There's a challenge for the week. God bless you is our prayer. Faith full. God bless you is our prayer. We didn't pray at the beginning of this introduction. So let's pray at the end. Father, have your way. Help us to learn this year the truths that are contained in this book that we know as the name of the book of Romans, and help us to live a year starting out with our faith on full, not on empty, because the Bible says that, that God 
you can do anything. Is anything too hard for the Lord? No, but God can do anything. If we can just believe in God and his world, works and God and his word, Lord, have your way. Speak to our hearts and let us have a faith that's on full. Faith full. God bless you is our prayer.